The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mod Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Mod Williams. Sports America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle. I'm back on the network, excited to be back. A lot of things have been going on in my life. From a professional standpoint, last time I've been on live on air, but I'm so happy to be back on the network. It's like home, and never once you go away for a little bit and, and come back, it's always good to be back on the network. And I'm so happy to be back with you guys. And uh, a lot of things is going on, not just in personal life, but also in the sports world. And we only have an hour to do the show, so let's go ahead and kind of go ahead and get started again. My name is Lee My Williams. I'm the host of the show Outside the Huddle. Uh, I need to change up that music. That music kind of still. I know Jay-Z is pretty famous, but uh, I'm going to work on that for next week for you guys. But uh, like always, you can join the show by calling the num- call number at 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me throughout the show at LeeMontWilliamsSports uh, at Yahoo.com. Or simply just follow me on Twitter at LeeMontWilliams. That's at L-E-M-O-N-T Williams on Twitter. Now... You know, I normally host my show by myself, but as I progress and try to get better, I always try to leave a legacy and opportunity to try to help guys that come up behind me because at one time I was that same individual. So throughout the show, uh, this season and, and as well, I got a young man named George that I met here in Houston. He's a, I call him my mentee, but, uh, and also G-Man, but, uh, George is a young man that's up and coming in this industry, sports media industry, industry, and, I want to kind of teach him the ropes of things, and uh, and I'm glad to have him on the show. So, George, welcome to the show outside the huddle. It's nice to be here, Lamont. I wanted to uh, thank you personally for having me on. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a risk for you, you know, but you're you're putting yourself out there, and I definitely will try to make you proud. So, uh, you call me my you call yourself my mentee. I'll call you my mentor. You know, <laughs> that's all good, man. And uh, it's it's all good. I mean, it's, it's not really a risk. We're only talking sports, so you know, just. You know, as, as as we go on and progress through this uh, uh, through today's show, you you know you'll loosen up a little bit. I I'll open you up a little bit, but uh, all we're doing is talking sports. And I, I was there before. I know how it is. You're a little tense, you're a little nervous, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. And uh, so I'm so happy to have you on here, man. Uh, you'll learn a lot throughout the show, and hopefully you can be able to uh, build from this and, and progress and get better uh, in your personal goals as far as in the sports media industry. So, George, with that being said, let's go ahead and get started, man. Uh, so much going on in in the professional sports world, and let's go ahead and just jump right into the NBA playoffs. Starting with tonight's game, the Bulls versus the Miami Heat. Now everybody knows that the Miami Heat is the reigning champions from last season, and 
Right now, uh, the champion is down, down 0-1 to the Bulls, or 0-1 in the series. Chicago now, George, is a team that a lot of people really, uh, you know, in my opinion, they really, you know, they, they know they're good, but they're a team that, seems to surprise everybody each and every week. Uh, they're a team that's dealing with a lot of injuries, starting with their point guard, their all-star point guard, uh, Derrick Rose, but you know, or shooting guard, however you want to uh, paint the picture of his position. But Derrick Rose has out, been out for a whole season due to a knee injury. But they seems like they're a team that always, always find a way to get going, always be mentally prepared and physically prepared for whatever uh, they're facing. Right now they're facing the champions, the Miami Heat. Give me your quick thoughts on on Chicago Bulls series. I mean, Chicago Bulls season this far, thus far. Well, Lamont, you know, adversity is always what makes us stronger. Um, you know, you you start out um, the season and you think that you're going to have you know an all star lineup with your with your guard, and uh, he ends up you know getting injured, tearing his ACL. It's one of those things that you know you don't expect, but you kind of have to live through the adversity almost. Uh, similar to the way the Texans did when uh, Matt Schaub went out and they went out and got that uh, first playoff win. Yeah, speaking of the Texans, we're really going to dive into a lot of Houston Texans talk later in the show, probably in the third or fourth segment. You know, i got to go around the NFL and, and break down what's going on with the Texans starting their rookie minicamp uh, this weekend. So we'll preview that. I'm glad you brought up the Texans. But, yeah, you're right. The uh, Chicago Bulls a team that, you know, that's pretty much what you want to be. You want to be a team to adjust to adversity. They're a team that has adjusted to a lot of adversity throughout the season as well as their star player, Derrick Rhodes. Uh, but right now, you know, Chicago is down. Looking at the stats, the NBA game, uh, game cast, Miami is up 47-38 to 38 with two minutes and 39 seconds to go here in the second quarter before halftime. Speaking of Miami as the defending champs, LeBron James, he's the 2013, well, 2012, 2013, MVP. Uh, give me your thoughts on LeBron James' season. LeBron James is having a LeBron James season. You know, he uh, he's always been a great player. It's just taking him to get onto a better team to uh, to kind of help boost him to that next level. Um, LeBron James is going to be a great in this league for a long time. And, um, I mean, he's just having his own season. I mean, the, the league is basically his. He can do what he wants to do with it. Um, I mean, right now he's he's pretty much just uh, taken over, and that that showed in the uh, in the voting. He got all the votes except for one. Yeah, no question. LeBron James is a man child in the, in the NBA. I mean, his his physical stature was able to be able to be dominant at six eight, power four, or power point guard, whatever you want to call him. And but to me, his mental game is is is, is, is increasing. After winning the championship, I, I like his mental aspect that he brings to the game to be able to lock in and stay focused. You see that a lot with the Kobe's of the world and the great players throughout the NBA, be able to lock in and focus on their uh, task at hand. A lot of the times before you saw LeBron, to me he was goofing around, uh, you know, being loosey-goosey, uh, doing a lot of dancing on the sideline. But that just, you know, because he was young, and he's still fairly young, but uh, the young man has matured a lot, and I think, Going down to Miami, playing with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and being able to have all that pressure on him, uh, be able to get that pressure off his back, what the NBA championship last year is really helping him out this season. Uh, just, you know, what Le- LeBron right now has 19 points, and it looks like they're controlling uh, this game thus far against the Chicago Bulls in game two. Give me your overall thoughts of this series and how you think it's going to end up. 
Well, I definitely think the Heat will come back and uh, take the series. Um, you know, they, they let that one game slip away from them. That kind of happens sometimes when uh, you, you sweep the team in the first round and you have to wait so long to play somebody else. And, uh, you know, the Bulls team, they're a feisty team. You know, uh, Nate Robinson has uh, has been lighting them up. Um, and, and Jimmy Butler actually did a good job of playing uh, defense on LeBron this uh, past game. But um, the, the Heat are the Heat, and uh, I, I believe they'll be in the finals um, this year. In order for the Heat to make it to the finals, they got to find a way to shut down Nate Robertson. How do you feel about Nate Robertson and what he brings to the Bulls' table uh, in this series? Well, he brings that feisty edge that uh, that they miss with with not having uh, Derrick Rose. I mean, uh, Rose was their was their scorer, and Nate Robinson has surprisingly become the go-to guy. Um, you know, when when it comes to offense, he he'll he'll get you know get get onto that perimeter and, and hit those shots. Um, he was he was great in this past game, and and uh, I believe he'll do he'll do well again tonight. Now I know I see that the game's getting a little feisty. They've had I think uh, five technical fouls tonight. Wow, um, given out. So it's it's been a it's been a pretty pretty rough game. Well, those guys are very intense. I mean, <laughs> you remember earlier this season when LeBron complained about the physical fouls up in Chicago when the Bulls actually ended ended the uh, I want to say the the Miami Heat twenty seven game winning streak when it was on roll back in the uh, Late, right after the All Star break, so Miami and, and Chicago are very uh, two teams that really dislike each other. I mean, uh, you know, going all the way back to when LeBron played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and and, and Joaquin Noah was talking about LeBron uh, doing all this extra celebrating on the sideline and uh, the ability. I mean, LeBron, you know, he even make a, took a stab at the city. Of, I mean, city of I mean Cleveland. You know, he even took a stab at Cleveland, sta- stating that Cleveland wasn't. <laughs> really a town that people travel to. But uh, with all that being said, you know, the Bulls and, and, and the Heat are two teams that are starting to be a, a nice rival here in the NBA. Let's go ahead and talk about and preview the game tonight after the Bulls and Heat game. That's the Golden State Warriors, the red-hot Golden State Warriors, a young team versus the old veteran big guy on the block, the San Antonio Spurs. Let's go ahead and talk about the Spurs, George, which we're, I mean, we're in Texas. So let's go ahead and start with the Spurs first. Are you surprised that the Spurs, with that age, you know, you know Parker and, and Tim Duncan, they still find a way and find a way to kind of hang in there and make it in the playoffs each and every year? Well, I think that age is what gets them the edge um, in in this series. Um, having that experience, not being so young, knowing how to handle being down, that's what that's what helps them out. Um, I mean, managing Ogley. He looked just like Magic Ginobili whenever he went to sink that three-pointer with uh, with 1.2 seconds left um, and, and double overtime. So I mean, he he he's going to be the difference maker in this series, just like um, just like Nate Robinson was in the other in the Bulls series. Yeah, and when we have youth on, I mean, we have age and experience on one side of the court. We have youth and, and energy, a lot of energy on the other side. I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. Stephen Curry, he's starting to come up, come up as a, as a young player, and he has a new coach in Mark Jackson. Let's talk about Stephen Curry uh, being able to grow up in front of our eyes here in the NBA playoffs. Well, when you look at Steph Curry and you see his form with his shot, he's he's impeccable with that. Um, it's definitely something that takes a lot of practice, and you know his youth really doesn't come into factor when you look at the way that he plays. He uh, he comes in night in and night out and does exactly what he's supposed to do. Um, 
And, and with this young team, I think they can't do anything but grow after this season. So uh, Steph Curry is definitely going to be the cornerstone of that franchise for a long time. Oh, Stephen Curry, yeah, will definitely be the the cornerstone for that franchise. And I like the fact how Mark Jackson is able to let his young players believe. First of all, they're buying into what he's selling, which is their organ. I mean, his program as a new coach, first-year coach. And I like that aspect of it. But I also like the fact that the player-coach relationship, you don't see that quite often in the NBA anymore uh, where a coach embraces the player and they kind of have a father-son relationship. I see that with Mark Jackson and Steph Curry. Steph Curry is averaging 27 points right now. So, you know, with tonight's game in San Antonio, with San Antonio up by one, George, give me your prediction for tonight's game. Ooh, uh, with with the San Antonio Spurs pulling that one out, um, they kind of got a lot on their on their plate. Um, with Stephen Curry, uh, he, he he got actually shot um, for he had he had 44 points in their past game and uh, he was 18 for 35 for shooting. And so, I mean, if he can continue that kind of performance, I don't think that the Spurs will be able to continue to come back from these deficits. They're, like you said, they're old, and they're going to start to wear down a little bit, and that young team's going to start to take off and uh, get ahead of them. Yeah, you know, Steph, Steph Curry is a, is a guy that, you know, he can be able to create his own shot. Uh, he's not a spot-up shooter. He's a guy that can alter dribble. He can make... Make a, I mean, make plays, and off the screen he can make plays, and you know, isolate uh, him at the key. He can make plays. <clears throat> so I really believe Golden State is a threat. However, they play in San Antonio, in San Antonio, which is a tough place. San Antonio this season is 35 and six at home. So the AT&T Center is what they're playing at in tonight. And don't forget about Greg Popovich, the head coach. He's going to have them mentally prepared for tonight. Uh, he's an excellent coach. He's been there for a long time. So uh, it's going to be really tough for, for uh, Golden State to try to steal this game. I really believe that they will make a threat and make a push tonight. But, however, I think Golden, I mean, Golden State will lose with San Antonio squeezing another victory out tonight. And as long as San Antonio has that screaming lady on their side, you know they're going to go, go and win. <laughs> well, George, here you, here, here's our first break. I hear the music in the background, so that means it's time for us to take a quick break. So we'll break right now. When we come back from paying bills, we'll continue to talk more about the NBA playoffs. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? 
You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Joining me on the show today is my mentor, or my mentee, I'm considered his mentor, I call him that, better known as George, or I like to call him G-Man, but uh, George, you still there? Yes, sir. All right, man, I'm glad to have you here with me today as I kind of get back in the groove of things, back on the network, the wonderful Voice American Sports Network, and we talked about the Miami Heat and their series, and right now they're up against the Chicago Bulls in Game 2. We also previewed tonight's game, the San Antonio Spurs versus the Golden State Warriors. So let's go ahead and kind of recap some of the games from yesterday, the New York Knicks and the Indiana Pacers uh, series. And what this series now tied with the Knicks kind of winning, well, not kind of winning, they pretty much dominated, winning over the Pacers 105-79 to last night, and the Pacers still in game one uh, in New York. So what this series kind of switching gears now with the with the Knicks back in it, winning last night against the Pacers, uh, uh, George. What do you think, you know, about the Knicks now? I mean, they're a team that seems like, you know, having some inconsistency issues, but now that they was able to get back into it last night, what do you think about their effort? Mello is the key. I'm telling you right now, Carmelo Anthony is the guy that you have to watch. He uh, he was 9 of 15 in the second half after being 4 of 11 in the first half. Now, entering the game, he was 35 for his last 110 shots. So he wasn't he wasn't making many of his, his shots. So he's he's on now, and it shows in the box scores, and it also shows on the win column. Yeah, he's also showing toughness. I mean, he's the guy that's dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, he's fighting through that. You can see that in his face each and every time. And this is here. I mean, it's time for Carmelo Anthony to step up and be amongst the, uh, the elite players in the NBA. I mean, he has a lot of talent. He's a phenomenal shooter. Uh, he has the size. He has the drive and the will to get it done. Now is his time. I mean, the New York Knicks are back on the map for the NBA, which is good. I mean, the New York market is good to be in the, in the playoffs. 
Uh, it's a win-win situation for the league. It's a win-win situation for the organization. However, they need their support and role guys to step up. Knicks right now, I don't even know where uh, the sixth man of the year is for the New York Knicks. He's kind of MIA. His, mind, I mean, his name slips my mind right now. But uh, the Knicks the Knicks right now, it seems like if they get support and role from their players, uh, they'll be able to kind of take control, back control of the series against the Pacers going to Indianapolis. Well, they're definitely going to be in the Pacers' heads. Um, anytime you can hold a team thirty to two on a thirty-two on a thirty to two run, um, you're, you're going to be in their heads regardless. You you get in their heads in the fact that you say, okay, well, we can hold you scoreless at any time that we want to. And when you get inside their head like that, it's hard to get them out. And the guy was talking about the sixth man of the year. I don't know why his name slipped my mind. J.L. Smith, Smith, and that's the reason why because he has he really hasn't produced anything since. Oh, man, God knows when. I remember one game against Boston, he had a breakout game, but he's kind of been inconsistent for them lately, and uh, it's, just, it's starting to show here. They need his production off the bench. I mean, they have good quality guys coming off the bench, and Kenyon Martin, uh, Jason Jason Kidd, however, J.R. Smith is the guy that's drive, driving that in, uh, engine or driving that train coming off the bench for the New York Knicks. Now, George before we move over to Indianapolis and talk about some of the positives they have or negatives, Demond Sherbert, I mean, he had that that awesome dunk off the, off the rim last night, showing some athleticism. Uh, he's a young man that's coming back from a knee injury. Uh, I want to say ACL. Uh, what do you think about him at the small position, I mean, small forward position for the New York Knicks? I mean, I think that he'll be as productive as as he can be with uh, with with the supporting cast around him. Like you said, he's coming off of an injury, so that's always tough. But you have to show that toughness, and when you can get into your opponent's heads by dunking like that or by showing them, you know what, this knee is not going to phase me. The sky's the limit for you. Yeah, it's no question. The sky's the limit for Iman Sherbert. He's a he's a guy that can um, you know he can jump up out of the gym. Uh, he's very tough on defense, so I, I like what he brings to the table defensively for the New York Knicks. And, you know, Carmelo's going to get his points. Yesterday he had 32 points. He's a guy that can, you know, score at will, drive to the basket, uh, you know, shoot from outside. But what's going to see, what's going to uh, take a toll, or what's going to, you got to keep your eye on, in my opinion, is his minutes. Yesterday he played 35 minutes, and for a guy that's, suffering from a shoulder injury. I mean, you need some time to kind of recover, and he shoots a lot. I mean, he was 13 for 26 yesterday for 30, 32 points. So he he's going to need some time to kind of relax and rest. That's why I say J.R. Smith for the Knicks needs to step up on the road against Indiana when they go to game three down in, uh, uh, later this weekend. Caught, you know, switching over to the Pacers, want to talk about their front court. I mean, Paul George is a phenomenal player. He was an all-star this past year, I mean, this past February in Houston, and uh, I really, really didn't watch too much of him until he played in the All Star game. You got David West at the power forward position. So, how do you? I mean, how do? How would you evaluate uh, the Pacers front court? I would say that they definitely need some more, some some more bigs. I mean, if you look in the in the league, the the teams that are running for the championships, um, they they have their front court and they have the they have the bigs to support them to get those rebounds and to also uh, to to put back some of those offensive rebounds. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely gonna gonna reflect in in the rebounding totals. But you have to you have to get some bigs in your front court if you want it. 
So you believe that they need more bigs? I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that because I think their front court is, is pretty good. I like David West at the power forward position. He brings that leadership ability to the table. you got Paul George at the small forward. Then you got Roy Herbert at you know at center. He's a big shot-blocking, uh, you know, oak tree in the middle. I mean, he's he's fairly good on offense, but he he, gets, he does enough to get by. I, I really believe that's their asset. Their their identity is their front court. Now they have average, you know, guys in the back court with George Hill and Lance Stevenson, but they have Tyler uh, Tyler Hesbro coming off the bench. He played in North Carolina. He's a uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a you know he's a, a really good player. He's okay, but DJ Augustine is their is their go-to guy, just like J.R. Smith is the New York Knicks go-to guy off the bench. But you really believe they need to improve their front court? I mean, if you're not going to improve your improve your back court, you kind of have to improve your front court. I mean, like you said, they they are they are doing well with the front court guys that they have now, but. When when you don't have anybody in your backcourt, you got to improve your front court. I, I mean, that's just the way that I see it. Okay. Well, I mean, we have to agree to disagree. I mean, I mean, it's all good. I mean, it's not a. I mean, that's that's the beauty of being on Sports Talk Radio and being able to throw it out there and, and just have a conversation about it. So that's okay. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, overall, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Overall, who will win this series, the Knicks or the Pacers? I think the Knicks take it. Um, I think after the whooping that they put on them last night, there's no way that uh, that the Pacers are going to get that out of their heads mentally. Um, I think it takes a very mentally tough team to uh, to come back from a, a, a shellacking like that. But uh, I mean, it's going to be one of those things they have to they have to get it out of their head mentally. Now, if they can, they're going to they're going to push this to Game Seven. But if they can't, I see the Knicks running away with this one. All right, transitioning from the East Coast back to the West Coast from the Knicks and the Pacers to a team that we watch very closely here, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They knocked out our Houston Rockets uh, in the first round against a grinding-out team, grimy, gritty team in the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. Uh, you know, give me your overall thoughts of this series thus far. I think that you can really tell that the Oklahoma City Thunder are missing Russell Westbrook. It's one of those things that uh, he was at tempo setter. He would push the ball up the court. He could dish it out to, to any of the guys that were, that were going on to the inside, and he would score from the perimeter as well. They're missing Russell Westbrook right now. Now, honestly, I think it's going to cost them this series. Okay, well, you know, Mike Conley is uh, definitely a go-to guy for the Memphis Grizzlies. He was able to steal that victory 99-93 over the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder last night, and he had 26 points and 10 rebounds, talking about Mike Conley. Uh, I have to agree with you on the fact that, you know, Oklahoma City is a team that's suffering without their star point guard in Russell Westbrook because I watched him uh, very closely as I covered the Houston Rockets playoff series against them. You know, without Westbrook, they're a one-dimensional team. I mean, you have Reggie Jackson playing point guard. He's fairly good. He's young man is learning, learning the ropes on the fly in the playoffs. Westbrook brings a lot of more experience and, and athleticism at that position. But Kevin Durant, it's all on him. I mean, you gotta respect what he's bringing to the table. Last night, he dropped 36 points for 11 rebounds, and he's playing kind of like that point forward position. You know, Magic Johnson played that position. LeBron plays it a lot, where he has the size at six. Well, they list him at 6'10". I think he's a 7-footer. I'm talking about Kevin Durant. And his ability, and what's surprising, George, to me, is his ability to get away from defenders by crossing guys up and, and, and showing his uh, 
athleticism as a as a dribbler and getting into the into the paint and finishing with dunks. But we all know about his outside game. He's lethal from the outside, able to hit three pointers and then create his own shot. But Kevin Durant, he's gonna to have to bring it night in and night out against his tough grinding team in the Grizzlies. I definitely agree with that. And Kevin Durant's actually one of my favorite players to watch in the league just because of the things that he can do from uh from a standpoint of being the only player right now. When Russell Westbrook's around him, he's even better. So, I mean, uh, it's sad to say, but I don't think that Kevin Durant can do this all on his own. And uh, position by position, the Grizzlies have a better team than than the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I definitely think the Grizzlies will take this series. Yeah, speaking of not doing it all on his own, he's going to need help from his front front court. And I mean, uh, Serge Ibaka as well as... uh, 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 Perkins. I mean, Perkins is going to have to step up. Kendrick Perkins is going to have to do his thing uh, offensively and bring some kind of presence for the Thunder to be able to win this against a grinding out team. You know, the Grizzlies front quarters is a team that can they lay big on you and they, they wear you down throughout the game. And Gasol and uh, Zach, Rob, uh, Zach Robert, not Robertson, excuse me, Zach Randolph, those two guys will lay heavy on you and they wear you down. But I really believe Perkins needs to step up. Kendrick Perkins still plays for the the Oklahoma City Thunder. I <laughs> yeah, wasn't aware of that because I mean he uh he he hasn't been he hasn't been anywhere in this series. I mean, and for for that matter, he hasn't he wasn't really uh, much of a factor in the Rockets series either. I mean, we watched that very closely being here in Houston, and uh, we we saw that, and he he just he he's been nowhere. So I didn't even realize that he still played for the team. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to be careful. You know, he's a local guy here from Port Arthur, Texas. So uh, we, we try to support our local guys. But when we call, we got a caller like we see it. And right now, Kendrick Perkins is MIA, only having four points last night against the Memphis Grizzlies. But you hear the music again, George. That means it's time for us to pay some bills. So let's go ahead and pay some bills. When we come back, we'll just leave the NBA and just go ahead and go around the NFL and talk about a lot of NFL topics next in the next segment. Next on the show, Outside the Huddle, with Lee Mott Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the goal. 
shot. Got it! With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Joining me is George, better known as G-Man, my little guy. No, little guy, I can't say that. You know, a young man that I'm, I'm trying to groom and help, and he's helping me uh, get better as well, as well as far as uh, in the sports media industry. So I'm just trying to help him out as much as I can. So I got him on the show today. George, you still there? Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Ah, no problem, man. You're getting better by each segment. So it looks like you're not saying you wasn't better in the first segment, but you feel like you're getting a little bit more comfortable with this thing. So I appreciate you on here for I mean tonight with me. No problem, man. Let's 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 chase greatness, man. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and chase greatness. All right, George. One thing, man. We're gonna we're gonna segue and move from the NBA playoffs to the NFL and with a lot of stuff kicking off here shortly, the Texans starting their rookie mini camp here around uh actually this weekend and a lot of things going on. We gotta talk about former Houston Texan Mario Williams. I mean he's been in the news this week for no I mean a couple of weeks ago he was in the news for some good things buying Houston police officer uh officers some new uh vehicles here in Houston. But now it's funny how tables turn. He's in the media I mean he's in the news now for uh you know he actually filed a lawsuit. Filed a lawsuit against his former uh fiance that he's suing uh, for to get his ten carat engagement ring back. So, it's a lot of things we can talk about this, uh, but I just want to kind of stick to the facts. What's reported, or really, I mean, yeah, I guess I can say the factual stuff, which is how much the, the ring is worth, which is seven hundred and eighty-five thousand. So, all right, we're gonna start there, uh, George. When you heard about this story, you heard about how much he purchased for that engagement ring. What were your original thoughts? If our listeners could see me right now, they would see that my head is in my hand and I'm just shaking my head no. I mean, there's no way I'm spending $785,000 on a ring. You, you invest that money into a house. This is why our athletes become broke after, you know, just a few years of being out of the league. They, they spend their money not so wisely and we have to, we have to make better investments and, and, that just comes with the territory of having money. You have to be able to to allocate that correctly. And seven hundred eighty-five thousand dollars for a ring—that's entirely too much. <laughs> Way too much, especially for uh, you know. For I mean, but then again, I mean, would you say that same at the same you know, at the same time when you're a guy that's uh, you know was reported his contract with Buffalo was reported to be a hundred million? I mean, would you? I mean, it's easy for us to say that from the outside looking in, but would you be able to? Uh, you know, would you feel the same way if you was making that type of money? 
Honestly, I have I have a fiance right now, and I could tell you something right now. If I got her a seven hundred eighty five thousand dollar ring, she would probably be mad at me because she'd tell me that I should have invested that into something more affordable. I mean, more uh, something that will, will grow more. Um, you know, you you just have to be smart with your money, and I just think that's a little extravagant. Um, you know, what happens if somebody hits her over the head and takes the ring? Then you're out seven hundred eighty five thousand dollars. You know. It's one of those things. You just kind of have to be smart with your money. And I think if I was in a position, um, I, I think I, I would have spent a little bit less. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I guess you know, if you if you have it, guys are like they can spend it, and, and, and it, it, at the end of the day, it's still his money. It's not my money. But uh, you're right. I mean, you got to make wise decisions. And yeah, one more thing before we move off this topic, uh, due to the fact the lawsuit is for because. Uh, the young lady broke off the engagement with Mario Williams back in January, uh, with no intentions to marry him. So, you know, you said you stated that you're currently engaged to your fiance. So, not bringing your personal uh, business or information to the table. However, I want to get your thoughts on: uh, Do you feel like she needs to return that ring due to the fact that she broke off the engagement? Well. First of all, I'll just give you guys a little bit of facts. I read up on it today, and in the state of Texas. Um, if you are given an engagement ring, um, someone proposes to you and they accept the engagement, it's basically like a contractual obligation to marry them. If you do not fulfill your contract, you're obligated by law to give them back the ring. Well, not really by law, but they can legally ask you to return the ring. Okay. That's the part that's going to get a little washy uh, when they go to court because that that little word, ask, um, you, I can ask you something all day, Lamont, and uh, you could tell me no. <laughs> so um, that's going to be one thing that they're going to have to go to go to. But but in my opinion, I definitely think she should get back the ring. And uh, I have a little bit of advice for the guys out there too. If if you're looking to marry somebody, I have an idea for you. Give her a ring out of a Cracker Jack box, <laughs> and if she looks at you crazy, but she still says I do, then you go ahead and invest in that ring. Oh man, that's you know I don't know about all that Cracker Jack box, man. That sounds good, but, you know, you don't want to get our listeners all hurt up out there. And he messed around and said, well, George said on Lemont's show, you get a Cracker Jack ring, and before you know it, they're in the hospital. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, man, don't, don't do that. I was, it, was, it was all in fun and games. But, nah, but, I understand. But, I you got to invest your money better. Yeah, I just want to put that disclaimer out there. We're just joking. But, no, we, we're, it's all fun and games over here. But, no, uh, just kind of sum this thing up and, and move on from, from it. I, you, know, I, you know, covering the Texans for the last – four to five years and uh, being around the organization, which is one of the best organizations in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's an unfortunate situation for a young man that, you know, was the number one draft pick in 2006. Uh, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate because it has to be out in the public eye. And once it becomes in the public eye, everyone has an opinion on it, including ourselves. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. And as it, you know, continue to play out in the media and in the public, we're, we'll continue to talk about it on the show. Uh, I just, you know, wish him well, and, and everything should work out for him uh, moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, let's kind of jump back in the month of April where the Texans had, to me, uh, a solid draft. Uh, you know, they was able to go out to their needs and, uh, and things that they wanted uh, to get accomplished. First off, they was able to get a much-needed receiver to kind of uh, groom and get ready for this up-and-coming season, which the Texans should try to make a NFL Super Bowl run, in my opinion. But they got DeAndre Hopkins, young man out of South Carolina, uh, a physical, 
receiver that can beat you down the field across the middle. Uh, he likes contact, and I was able to uh, interview him and talk to him personally when he was drafted by the Texans. So, real quick, uh, George, what are your overall thoughts of DeAndre Hopkins for the Houston Texans? Well, first off, I want to say the Texans aren't the only ones that had a great draft. You had a pretty good draft, too, my friend. You, uh, <laughs> For those of you who don't follow Lamont on uh, on uh, Twitter, you need to make sure you do that. This guy was on point um, every single draft pick that came through. I knew who it was going to be before the commissioner knew who it was going to be. So so definitely big ups to you on that one. I appreciate um, as far as, Yeah, as far as DeAndre Hopkins, He's going to be a great receiver for the Texans. Um, with him going uh, to the Texans, he can be mentored by one of the best receivers um, in the game, um, in Andre Johnson. Um, he, like you said, he's a physical guy. He's gonna he's gonna make sure that he makes plays when he gets that ball in his hands. So I'm very excited to see him play for the Texans and uh, see if he can flash up some defenses like he did the LSU defense in that uh, Chick Fil A Bowl. Yeah, you mentioned LSU, and that's the game I was going to bring up is the fact that he was a able to put the team on his back against uh, his, his South Carolina team on his back against that tough LSU defense on primetime stage, and, and that's when you need to step up. I mean, he had some, well, I can probably say he, he had some issues off the field during the draft, uh, but, you know, the Texans really didn't focus too much on that. They focused more on his talent, his ability on the field. Uh, also, from a personal standpoint, I mean, he's been through a lot. His mom and the situation back in South Carolina, for him to kind of uh, kind of keep pushing through all that and finally make it to the, uh, to the NFL and being drafted at number 27 in the first round, that speaks volumes for a young man out of South Carolina. Uh, I really believe that, you know, with the right coaching and, and the right opportunity, he will be able to fall right in place for the high-powered Texans offense, especially off the play action. And the Texans does, I mean, they do a lot of play action. Uh, with Matt Schaub, with Arian Foster out the backfield, this young man on the opposite side, I'm going to go ahead and put him in there as a starter. I believe he will be a starter. Uh, opposite of Andre Johnson, should be able be a great complement and a, a great piece to add to the puzzle for this uh, 2013 season. So we'll we'll see how DeAndre Hopkins look, especially this weekend uh, when they kick off the rookie, uh, the Texans rookie mini camp, and I'll definitely be there and try to get some sound bites for the show for next week. Uh, one more draft pick I want to talk about, DJ uh, Sullinger. Swe- is it Sullinger or Swellinger? Swearinger. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry? Swearinger. Swearinger. See, that's why it's important to have a guy on the show, which is sometimes I, I get tongue-tied. But, no, I want to get your thoughts on him. He's a physical uh, defensive back uh, out of Clemson. Uh, he can, you know, tear your head off across the middle. He reminds me of a very young Ed Reed, uh, being able to have Ed Reed now on the Houston Texans from the from free agency. George, you know, how would DJ be able to fit into that defense with, you know, Ed Reed back there and as well as Danielle Manning? It's going to be great. Um, I'm really excited about this season just for the simple fact that we have these two young guys that we got in the first and second round that are going to be mentored by some of the best players in the game. Um, we got Ed Reed. That was a huge pickup in our offseason. And with DJ coming in, he's going to be able to mold his game to be that ball hawk that Ed Reed is. Um, if you watch highlight film on this guy, he, he throws his body around. And that may get him in trouble in the league because they're cracking down so much on, on upper body hits. But um, he's not afraid to sacrifice his body. And he's going he's gonna to be a great player in this, in this league. No question. He should be a, a, a good player in this league. 
which eventually makes him a great player. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders. I don't know if you remember Bob Sanders. I played with the Colts a couple of years ago. Uh, from a good standpoint and from a bad standpoint, Bob Sanders ended up, uh, last I checked, he was out of the league because, uh, you know, a lot of wear and tear on his body. So if DJ uh, is able to learn how to be more of a, you know, kind of scale off on the on the KO shots and be more of a uh, a cover defensive back safety and, and be smart. What kind of like Ed Reed? I mean, if he can soak up a lot of information from Ed Reed going uh, going into his rookie season and moving forward, because Ed Reed signed a what a three year deal. Uh, yes, well, I think he signed a five year deal. But I I'm anticipate him playing uh, only three seasons due to the fact that he's having hip surgery. And he having some, you know, he's up in age now, so he's he's dealing with a lot of issues with his body. But the Texans brought him in for for uh, for multiple reasons, and they were to teach DJ how to be a successful defensive back going into the season. Will speak volumes for the Texans moving forward. George, yes, sir. Okay, is that the music they're playing? I think it is, and. Yes, sir. Okay, well, you know how it is, man. Ray Ellis needs to pay some bills. Let's go ahead and pay some bills. And when we come back in the last segment, we'll just talk about the NFL and talk about the Houston Texans 2013 schedule. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemar Williams on Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports if you're looking for a radio show about boxing you usually can't find one until you stop by the voice america sports channel tune in to outside the ring with former world lightweight champion and u.s olympian david diaz we'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters we'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time outside the ring with david diaz airs every thursday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Heading to the last segment 
for the show, the fourth segment of the show, and it's the shortest segment of the show, so we're going to kind of keep it brief here. Still have my man George on the line with me and George. Let's go ahead and continue to talk to Houston Texans and roll into their 2013 NFL schedule, starting with some of their, uh, do you want to talk preseason? I really don't concern myself. Well, they have the Cowboys in late August, but that's kind of a rookie tryout game. So let's go ahead and jump in week one. They play on the road Monday night football, George, against the San Diego Chargers. The Chargers now has Manti Teo as a middle linebacker. They drafted him in the NFL draft. How do you see the Texans playing on Monday night football, kicking off the season? What do you think about that? I think the Texans have to come out with a bang. I mean, we obviously uh, had a great draft. And we want to look to use those players, but we we definitely have pieces that we that we still uh, still have here in Houston. That uh, and Arian Foster and Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub. You have JJ Watt, one of the best defenders, actually the defensive player of the year last year. So uh, I mean, our team is stacked, and we're ready to go. I'm excited about the Monday Night Football game. Yeah, speaking of San Diego, you know, Arian Foster went to high school in, in San Diego. He finished some high school in San Diego. He's originally from our, uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque. So. That's a kind of like a homecoming for him going back to San Diego. But, uh, yeah, I just I really believe the Texans uh, on Monday Night Football are able to get a primetime game right out the gate. They need to show the world that they're they're serious this this year. I mean, you got to come out red hot. They did that in 2012, so need to continue that success against San Diego. Now, we don't know what to expect from San Diego this year. I mean, they had some changes as well, but I really want to see how the Texans play out against week one kind of set the tone because the first three weeks for the most part is the crucial week I mean it's, it's the most important weeks in my opinion for the in, you know NFL because you can get off to one and two start or oh and three start and it could be tough it could be very tough to kind of get going again because the momentum is, is, is stacking against you so much pressure each week in the NFL speaking of week three the Texans visit the Baltimore Ravens in this game is going to mean a lot Two things. One, that the Texans really haven't got over that Ravens hump. Every year the Ravens are a team that, that knocks the Texans out of the playoffs. And two, it would be the homecoming for Eric Reed. Hopefully he'll be back in 100% to be able to play in that road game against his former team, the Ravens. How excited are you, uh, George, to be able to see, wait to see that game in week three against the Ravens? I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, the Ravens are going to have a long memory as far as that uh, beatdown that the uh, Texans gave them this past year in Reliant, and they're not going to let the Texans come in there and do the same thing again. And with Ed Reed coming back, you know, um, I'm sure he'll have a great game, uh, similar to the way that uh, Daniel Manning had a great game when he went up there to uh, Chicago last year. But, um, I mean, I can't wait to see this game. It's going to be a great game. Yeah, it should be a great game against two teams that's trying to uh, impose their will. And the Ravens will not have their middle linebacker, future Hall of Famer Ray, Ray uh, Lewis. However, they still have, uh, you know, they still have uh, T. Sizzle, and they have guys. They put guys in place to be able to kind of make up for the the loss of Ray Lewis. But it, it should be exciting against Baltimore. At Baltimore is going to be. It's always a tough place to play in the NFL, and it should be an exciting game to kind of wait to see what they do in week three. Now, week four and five, the Texans go on the road, West Coast swing. Well, actually, they play Seattle home, which is a powerful team out of NFC West, but they play San Francisco 49ers on the road on Sunday night football. Now, we know 
seems like the NFL draft was the 49ers draft. They had so many draft picks. On top of that, they was able to make it to the Super Bowl last year. You know how it's, you know when you when you think about uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick and, and the 49ers, George. Uh, what is your first thoughts about that team? If I could describe their team in one word, I would say potent. That offense is is very a very potent offense. Um, that that read read option, it, it's killing the NFL right now. Now I know that we'll have a whole off season to kind of go over it and try to see what we can do to defend it. Um, but that's not going to be all that the people over there on Kirby are are concentrated on. So we have to make sure that we go into that game with the mentality of we have to stop the run, and in order to do that, we need to get a, ourselves a defensive tackle. Yeah, well, jump. Let's go ahead and jump down to week thirteen. Great point there, and let's go ahead and jump down to week thirteen, where uh, the New England Patriots comes to town. The Patriots comes to town. They play in Reliant. They play the uh, on December first. New England is always a tough team to play on the road or at home. At this point, at week 13, you think that's a great spot to be able to play a tough team like New England in December? It's going to be a tough time because the New England Patriots, they just don't lose in December. Um, they, they're they a great team. They, uh, they start to build their momentum uh, to get into the playoffs. And honestly, I kind of see that game being uh, sort of like the Green Bay game was here on Sunday Night Football this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that Sunday Night Football game was horrible for the Texans. They, were able to, they got embarrassed. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers and he, I think he put up five touchdowns. He threw five touchdown passes that game. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, Tom Brady is a tough individual. I mean, he's a mentally strong quarterback, and they seem like they reload at talent, and they they have guys. So two tight ends is phenomenal. So uh, New England is going to be a tough team to play here at home uh, against the Texans. Kind of summing up the overall schedule, uh, George. Before we wrap up the show. Give me your overall prediction of the schedule and their final record, the Texans' final record, when it's all said and done. I believe the Texans will go 12-4. and four. Okay, 12-4, and four, and the four teams you think they'll lose to us? I think we will have a tough time with the 49ers, the Patriots. Uh, we'll have a tough time also with the Seahawks. And we have never gotten over that hump of beating Indianapolis and Indianapolis. So that may be another shocker. Okay, so you see them splitting with the Colts, which is the team is up and coming with Andrew um, Andrew Luck, a guy from out of Houston, Texas, as well. Uh, will they win the AFC South? They will win the AFC South once again, three times in a row. Okay, okay, okay. Arian Foster, how what you think he's going to do this season? I think he'll average, let's say, 120 yards a game. Wow, that's being optimistic. I always want to see Arian do well. He's a great guy, and I just feel like he uh, he, he deserves to have a good season. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. That's the music to kind of wrap up the show. And you brought a lot of knowledge here today, and I appreciate you, George. And uh, we'll continue to do this each and every week if you're available to come on to the show. Definitely. And I'll be glad to come on each week, and uh, we, we definitely have to keep this up, man. It was a great time. All right, no problem. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening outside the huddle. Leemont Williams. Have a blessed week, and until we meet next week, uh, stay safe.
Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.